Hello and welcome to season two, episode four of the Enterprising Gen Z podcast. My name is Sam Watson. I'm an 18 year old entrepreneur from North London and I'm the founder and CEO of Enterprising Gen Z Events. On today's episode, I'm talking to a good friend of mine, Edward Lawrence, who's the founder and CEO of Venture House Club. Venture House Club is a social club for young entrepreneurs living in London. They also offer co-living spaces for young entrepreneurs so you can all live together under one roof, which I think is an awesome idea. I hope you enjoy. So we've met a few times before. We know each other quite well. Um, and I've seen you've, you've recently launched uh, Venture House Club, which is really awesome from what I've seen so far. Do you want to explain a bit more about what Venture House Club actually is? Sure. Well, first, thank you for having me on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Can't wait. Uh, this is very exciting. My first uh, podcast. So thank you. So Venture House Club, what Venture House Club is, it's essentially a co-living community for student entrepreneurs and recent graduates in the startup ecosystem. The The story of how it came about is is like any good entrepreneurship story. It came about completely unintentionally. We were just sort of sitting around uh, complaining that it's going to be difficult to find flatmates and accommodation for the next academic term um, of university. And someone made a joke, oh, you should create a hype house for student entrepreneurs because we all, we're all entrepreneurs. I thought, that's, that's a good joke. But then one of the other people said, no, we should actually do that. And I was like, we should. Because it doesn't exist. There is no co-living community for student entrepreneurs. And the student entrepreneurship ecosystem is is lacking this, despite there being so many promising student founders. So it seems like a really important thing to provide um, them, so that to give them that support, to help them make their dreams a reality. And I'm well positioned to make it happen. I, I was a real estate agent in Sydney for two years before I came to London for university. So I thought, well, I've got the experience on, on how to do this. I've got the connections being in the entrepreneurship ecosystem in London. So let's do it. And since then, I've been I've been working on it, and and it's it's been growing at an alarming rate. But it's really exciting and really fun. So at the moment, you're you're kind of doing it in London. Um, yes. Are you planning on moving it out of London at all? So I think there is a lot to capture in London for sure. Um, but eventually we will grow out of London. So I think, I don't know the statistic off the top of my head, but it's something like a third of total startup activity in, in England happens in London. Sorry, in the UK happens in London, which is a significant amount. But there is a lot also happening, especially at Oxford, Cambridge, and then at other sort of uh, Warwick, Leeds, other, other universities like that. So we'll definitely start in London, try to capture that London market. Um, but definitely expansion plans out into into other parts of UK and potentially into other parts of Europe. I think Paris is 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 starting to become a really strong startup hub from from what I'm hearing over there. I've, I've been there a few times and met a couple of entrepreneurs. It's really kicking off, and so I think in a few years it'll be the right time potentially to to open up a few locations there um, and support the student ecosystem there because they are going to need it. And um, yes, yeah, it's, it's growing really well, which is good to see. So I saw I saw it on your LinkedIn a while ago, and as soon as I saw the idea, I, I read into it and I thought that is genuinely fantastic, like a co-living space for entrepreneurs, because um, it's so great to bounce ideas off each other and stuff like that. Um, what? Why did you start it? What was kind of like the thing which made you think, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna create this thing? Yeah. So a- apart from the the funny sort of joke story that I told you at the start, I think I- I'm I'm annoyed that the startup ecosystem in London doesn't support students as well as it could, especially given how many students are entrepreneurial and how many students have good ideas and just lack the support to execute it. As a student, it's hard to start something like this. You really don't have much life experience. Um, 
And so they need as much help as they can get to make their ideas a reality. But they have great ideas. They have great businesses. You and I both know tons of students who are, who are really building amazing things. And so it just seems to me that it was, it was an obvious thing that if we can provide more support for them, that's something that, that is good to do. And it, it seems like a worthwhile endeavor. I, I'm very much involved with the university societies at you know UCL and Kings and whatnot. I, I know all the guys there and I'm, I'm in UCL entrepreneurs as an executive myself. These societies do a great job of you know running an event, getting a couple of speak, a couple of students to come and listen to that speaker, but they've, they haven't managed to create a proper ecosystem of student founders. Um, and the same is true for accelerators. I'm also in Kickstart London, which again is a brilliant ecosystem and a brilliant accelerator, but it's siloed. They, there is nothing open to all the founders in London where they can all come and join and actually bounce ideas off of each other. And I think the physical space is a really important element of this. It's one thing to have have a, a business where you run events so that people can come together and meet at these events and, and, and meet each other and network. It's a very different thing to have physical locations where people can go every single day, where people live, where people eat, where people sleep, and they are around other entrepreneurs 24-7 because then you really start to cultivate a true community of entrepreneurs because they're all with each other all the time. And that's when you start to get these real sparks flying because they can bounce ideas of each other in a really tangible way. Um and, and they can, the, the, the dream is that, you know, someone will, will be working in their bedroom on, on, a, on their startup and will come up with a problem which they can't solve. And they go downstairs to take a snack in the kitchen and someone else will be there also having the same problem. They, they, they have a problem with their own startup and they, they've come to take a break by uh, having a snack in the kitchen as well. And they'll be like, hey, can you help me with this problem? Can you help me with this problem? And they can, and then they end up helping each other out by, by bouncing their ideas of each other and connecting them with their networks. That's what we need to create. And the physical space allows that kind of interaction. I think it's brilliant because I speak to like solopreneurs. I think they're what they're called. People who start up on their own. Yeah. And I've been told that it's it's quite lonely. But I think if you're a solopreneur and you're living with, say, six or seven or even five, four or five other entrepreneurs, it's basically like living with four or five other co-founders who can all bounce ideas off you or you can bounce ideas off them. I think it's fantastic. Um, so I think... Um, one of the key principles, the kind of what I've what I've established so far, Venture House Club is kind of um, like learning from others and and kind of discussing things. Is there anyone in in your entrepreneurial journey that you've you've learned things from? I mean, th- throughout my life, I've been learning, and I think I think that's really important. I think um, that every time you have a conversation with someone, the best thing you can do is to assume they know something you don't, because it's always true. No matter who you meet, if whether it's an entrepreneur or not, they know something you don't, and there is something you can learn from everyone because everyone has a unique life story everyone has a different experience and so having conversations where you can listen to people and learn from what they have to say is really important but in my life there's been a few a few significant people who who have really taught me a lot i suppose one of the most important has been my boss when i was in australia selling real estate um craig marshall was was the ceo of marshall chanyal which is the real estate agency i was at and i worked directly under him under his wing and he really taught me taught me a great deal, not just about real estate, but I had the opportunity to sit with him in his car as he was driving between meetings and listening to his phone calls with investors and um, dealing with HR problems within the company and listening to his investment advisor. And he would tell me like how he was structuring his tax so that he paid less tax and all sorts of really great things. It was really great to work with him because he founded that company. He founded that real estate agency nine months before I joined. He is a true 
entrepreneur and he's built that now to like 60 employees, 60 agents and maybe a hundred employees and like five offices in, in just about two years. Um, and so actually working with this guy really taught me a lot about how it's actually done in practice as opposed to in theory. But I want to also give a shout out to all the other students. I mean, I mean you know, some of these people yourself, Sam, like Ved, uh, Presence, Zuzana. These are people in our network who are doing really brilliant things, really great startups. You learn so much from just having conversations with them because they're going through the, the journey at the same time as us. They're figuring out how to do it with us and being able to watch them and learn from where they make mistakes or where they do really well um, is, is such an amazing thing, which circles back to the community, I suppose, because uh, that's that's the point, isn't it? Living with other founders who are on the same journey as you, you learn so much from just watching what they're doing and how they're doing what they're doing um, and the stories they tell and the experiences they have. Just being there like a fly on the wall and listening in, it's 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 really great to just learn from them so that you don't make the same mistakes. And, and that's the most valuable thing, I suppose. So as part of uh, Venture House Club, you're going to create networking events for members and non-members alike. Um, why is networking important, do you think? Right. I mean, I don't need to sell networking to you, Sam. Um, networking is the most important thing you can do as an entrepreneur. Without people, without connections, nothing happens. You're just a man or a woman sitting in your room, plugging away at your computer, trying to make something happen. But without people to spread the word about what you're doing, without people to give you advice and give you connections and introduce you to investors and sponsors and speakers and um, people who can help you with marketing or people who can help you with strategy or anything. Without people, nothing gets done. And the most valuable uh, resource you have as an entrepreneur, I cannot emphasize this enough, is being able to connect with other people. The, one of the things I love so much about the London startup ecosystem, about every single person I meet in the London startup ecosystem, is that they're so willing to help you with expecting nothing back. If you meet someone who knows someone who it would be useful, be a great contact, they're always willing to put you guys in touch. Um, and so I, I try to pass that forward in my own life. But yeah, without people, nothing happens. And so networking is so crucial. And I think that's doubly important for students. Um, students don't have a strong network of people who are um, further along in their careers. And if you're trying to build a startup, whatever that startup is, you need advisors. You need people who have experience and knowledge that you don't. It doesn't matter if you're building a physical product and you, you don't know how to solve an engineering problem or you're building um, an app and you don't know how to market the, the app or, or Whatever problem you're facing, there is someone out there who knows the answer. You just have to find them, meet them, and get them to help you. And that doesn't happen without networking. So networking is really crucial. And I think that's one of the most valuable things that we can provide to our members, which is why at the house, the, the core of it is that we'll be bringing in founders for lunches and VCs for networking parties and uh, just really building this ecosystem by introducing the, the, the members of the, of the house to everyone else in the ecosystem that we can because they will get value out of that. Even, even just from hearing their stories, a VC might tell a story of a startup he funded which went belly up. Well, that's a cautionary tale for all the startups in, in our community because then they'll say, oh, well, I better not do that. Um, and by the same token, a founder might come in and say, well, I did this odd marketing strategy and it will really worked really well. 
well, then the, the founders might say, okay, well, we should, we should do some sort of variation of that because that might work. Yeah, people. People are important. No, that's so valid. Um, I think I would say that in my very brief career, if you could even call it a career. Great. Uh, Long and story. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, over spanning many years. Um, I think 90% of my opportunities have come because of networking, because of people I meet. Um, actually, no, 100%. 100% of opportunities. I, I think without um, networking, uh, be it digital networking on, on LinkedIn uh, and, and, and in-person networking and networking events, I definitely wouldn't have uh you know even started this podcast um i think that's such a good um it's such a good platform to kind of propel yourself um and then and then with networking comes personal branding yes. and personal branding is really important i've spoken about this on previous episodes um my linkedin is is full of stuff that i do and stuff that i've done and i make sure it's always up to date and i know you do as well um but it isn't it doesn't even have to be um your linkedin for example it could be the way you dress uh, the way you portray yourself when you go and meet investors and stuff um every single time i've met you edward you've always been excellently dressed <laughs> um i just wanted to ask you what does personal branding mean to you and, and why is personal branding important I think you probably do a better job of online personal branding than me. Um, but I, I think you're right. Personal branding is not just about the online presence. So to touch on the physical personal branding, because I think that's that's something that I've spent more time working on, which is to say that I should spend more time on my online personal branding as well. But on, on the physical side of things, dressing is important. Presenting yourself in a way that shows that you have respect for the person you're meeting and that you respect yourself and that you have the ability and maturity to take care of your appearance and you know, keep yourself well groomed and do your hair and make sure that you you know treat your skins properly and dress according to the occasion because that will always convey something about who you are if you meet someone and they're dressed all scruffy and they haven't showered in three days, and they forgot to shave for the past three weeks. That instantly conveys to you a little bit about who they are, because if they can't keep their own hygiene and personal appearance in order, I'm not so sure that they have what it takes to keep a business in order and grow an entrepreneurial venture. It's, 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 it's the idea that you need to be able to take care of yourself before you go out and change the world, and I think that that really holds true. It's also a matter of self-respect. If you if you take care of your own appearance, people respect that, and people know that you know you are someone to be taken seriously, and then you're someone they can do business with. So do not underestimate that. And to that end, do not underestimate the power of a good handshake. If you give someone a sloppy handshake, um, instantly you the power dynamic goes off because. If, if someone gives you a strong handshake and your, your hand is all wet, they're like a wet piece of lettuce, they're not going to take you seriously um, because like you don't have enough confidence to, to give a firm handshake. But if you reciprocate the strength of the handshake, they say, okay, this is someone who is confident enough to be on my level and to have a conversation with me. It's really, really, really important. The online side of things, again, I, I don't do this as well as you, and I could actually take some lessons from you, Sam. <laughs> But um, LinkedIn is one of the most wonderful platforms in the world. It is most certainly my favorite social media. To give an example, when I posted about Venture House Club, that post got over 5,000 impressions. 
um, and generated about 200 applications for the first event. That is insane uh, traction. Um, and the, like posting consistently, connecting with people you meet, it, it's, it's a hard slog at first. But over time, it really works out because then you meet someone and they see that you have a mutual connection and you can, it's an easy conversation starter, or you want to get in touch with someone, it's likely that someone in your network already knows them and they can give you a warm introduction. LinkedIn is such a great networking tool and just use it as much as possible. It's not, it's not rocket science. Connect with everyone you can, post as often as you can when something interesting happens and the, the algorithm will work in your favor. It, 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 it really does. I think that might be one of the favourite quotes I've ever had on this podcast is the uh, wet lettuce handshake. Uh, <laughs> but I, I completely agree with you. I've been on the receiving end of a couple of uh, wet handshakes, so they're not fantastic. Um, so circling back to kind of the practical elements of uh, Venture House Club, how difficult is it for you to find housing for the number of applicants you've received um, kind of on a practical basis? Yeah. So... Um... Housing in London, as we know, is a brutal, brutal market, and it is very difficult to secure anything, let alone at a decent price. That said, this is where I'm starting to employ my skills from from being a real estate sales agent for two years. Uh, I sold a a fair amount of real estate in in Sydney, and so I have an understanding of how negotiation, how deals work, and how the real estate market works. I'm I'm talking to a few different... um, entities, a few asset managers, landlords, as well as real estate agents to, to keep to keep the options open. It's not any more difficult, really, than finding a, finding a place in London for yourself and your flatmates. Um, and that, that's probably the easiest part of the business, I suppose. What's much more, what's much more challenging is getting the right community in the houses. Obviously, we had uh, applications actually closed yesterday on, on Monday the 25th. And we had really strong application numbers, really strong applicants, and a lot of people want to live in the houses. Um, not everyone will be able to live with us. It's just a, a simple, simple numbers game. But a lot of them will be, and we're vetting them to make sure we have the highest quality community because I think that's really important for the success of something like Bench House Club. Um, but I'm much more focused and much more. I think what will be much of a greater challenge will be actually creating that community and fostering the connections that we want to foster finding a house is 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 an admin task it's a difficult admin task but it's not it's it's not um not the greatest challenge for sure so what do you think has been your greatest challenge so far that is a good one i'm going to say that the the greatest challenge is actually running events yourself and you learn a lot about yourself when you do that when I set out to start Venture House Club, I thought, how hard can this possibly be? You get a couple of people together, you rent a house out, and you bring in some guests. It's a fairly simple business on the face of it. But in reality, figuring out the strategy, figuring out how to organize the team, making all those connections, and figuring out how to prioritize your time um, is a challenge. And so I think the greatest challenge has been making that development myself from from someone who i have done entrepreneurial ventures in the past i've run a company that made and sold bamboo fashion socks selling real estate in australia is quite an entrepreneurial job as well because you have to go out there and build your own real estate business in a way that nothing nothing comes inbound to you um so i've done entrepreneurial things in the past but it's very different to run your own startup 
uh, and and that challenge of learning about myself and, and how I function as a as a CEO and how I want to run the business and, and figuring that out and, and taking the time to strategize and taking the time to organize my schedule in such a way that it, it, it is most optimized to the success of the business is was a real learning experience. And that the learning experience was hard. It was very enjoyable, very useful. I love it. I love that. I love the journey of, of learning how to do this. But it's it's a challenge. For sure. I think that's a challenge that I've struggled with as well, like prioritizing my time, um, especially while I was doing my exams and things like that. Prioritizing the time was something I really, really struggled with. Um, in terms of how you marketed it, I know that you mentioned earlier and we've spoken off air about the number of applications versus the number that you're able to fulfill. Hmm. Um, how did you, obviously you've been successful in the marketing, um, otherwise you wouldn't have had an oversubscription of, of applications. How, how, how did you market it and, and why do you think it was so successful? We, we marketed it through LinkedIn, which is circling back to that personal branding thing. LinkedIn is really, really powerful. There was a few people, myself and my ambassador team, really, posting about it on their personal LinkedIn's, letting their friends know, hey, we're doing this event. Oh, sorry, I, I, should, I should actually reference this. So we started marketing it by running an event. Before we, before we announced the residency program and the actual co-living aspect, we thought, well, the best way to do this is to get student founders together. So for that event, we we got a few people to post on LinkedIn just saying, hey, student founders will be meeting at this bar at this time. Uh, send me a DM if you want a link to sign up. Over 200 people requested a link to that event, uh, 200 student founders. Um, we vetted everyone by checking their LinkedIn profiles and whatnot, and, and we, we sent out um, invite links to about 115 of those people. Over 80 student founders showed up, about 15 VCs showed up. One guy is even negotiating a Series A term sheet with a VC he met at that event. So marketing can be really powerful just by posting on LinkedIn. You'd be surprised how extensive your personal network is. And even if your direct circle isn't that large, though each of those people know their own circle and that multiple. If you go three people out, you know thousands and thousands of people, really. Um, so don't, don't underestimate your friends and family circle. That's how we started, but it began to grow organically. Um, social media algorithms are a mysterious and wonderful thing. I do not understand them myself, but they do work. If you post enough, if you get enough resharing, if you get enough people liking and commenting and whatnot, it, it does get out there and people come out of the woodwork. People you would never have expected uh, start to, start to um, reach out and say, hey, what is this Venture Club thing I'd love to join? So... Yeah, social media and personal branding, really. I think the um, the LinkedIn algorithm works so well. The fact that when everybody, when someone likes it or comments it, it then gets shared to their network. Yeah. I think the way that the LinkedIn algorithm works in that respect is so powerful for startups. Yeah. Um, I know that when I post, I get so many more impressions um, than um, my actual connections. And it's super powerful in that respect. Um, in terms of the future for Venture House Club, where do you think it's going to go in the future? So for this coming year, we're going to have a couple of house locations, uh, trying to really build the co-living aspect, give as much value to the people living in them as possible, build the community, bring in guests and give them perks. We've partnered with Seed uh, Legals to give discounts to our members. We've partnered with a, a mental health NGO called uh, Champion Youth Minds to run sort of mental health workshops at the houses. Trying to give as much value to the, to the members is really important to me. That's for this first year. From there, I think it can really grow into a really strong co-living business. I think I want it to get to the point where if you're coming to university in London 
and you are entrepreneurially inclined, you don't go to UCL accommodation and you don't go to Unite students or any of the other private uh, student accommodation providers. You come to Venture House Club because of the value that we provide. You know, we provide accommodation plus all of this networking and perks and community, which will help you as a, as a founder become just a, a guy with an idea to someone actually building a startup and with a network and support to, to make that startup a reality. So yes, we the, the focus is twofold. One is to bring as much value as we possibly can to the members in terms of connections and perks and events and everything. But the long-term vision is I want it to be a proper student accommodation business, um, which is an, a, a genuine alternative to the to the established players, which attracts every single student founder in London and, and potentially across England and Europe. Because um, I think that's value. It hasn't been done and it needs to be done. Do you think at some points you're going to be buying your own homes and then renting them out or are you going to kind of stay with the kind of sublet model that you've, you're using at the moment? I think that's definitely an avenue we'll explore for sure. Um, I haven't exactly worked out the, the financials and what that would look like. Obviously, that's very capital intensive. But as a, as a, as a real estate business, obviously, owning is is a great great way to create um, value and to, to make the most of capital growth and all of that. It is definitely a possibility as we go down the line, as we mature as a business, I think that might be. We might even build our own our own uh, housing, you know, we, we, we've got a unique way of living. And I don't think that normal student accommodation is particularly conducive to the uh, kind of community we want to build. So we might end up building our own physical types of houses, uh, our own buildings to run Ventures Cloud out of. And that would be a really cool uh, place to get to in a few years to have a, to build a Ventures Club building, which is fitted out in, in such a way that it, it really, helps facilitate the community and we have great event spaces and networking spaces and presumably a bar and maybe a podcast studio and where you can record your podcast sam and all sorts like of the sound of that <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll make sure to, i'll make sure to put that in you can hold me to that um <laughs> but it would be great to get there down the line um at the moment just focusing on the, on the near future with yeah subletting um but potentially yes i think so all right amazing i think that's it for today's episode thank you so much for coming on it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you Thank you, Sam. I really appreciate it. I hope your listeners got some some good value. And if anyone in in your in your uh, if any one of your listeners want to reach out and learn more about Venture Club, if they're a student or an investor or someone who wants to sponsor or whatever, I'm happy to have a chat. So you can find us on on Instagram at Venture Club and just send us a DM, and I'll respond as soon as I possibly can. So hopefully within a few hours. Also, um, definitely check out your website, which is venturehouse.club to, to find out some more information. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Sam. Really appreciate it. No worries. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Enterprising Gen Z podcast. Please feel free to leave a review wherever you're listening from. Also, make sure to check out our socials. We're at Enterprising Gen Z pod on TikTok and Instagram. If you did enjoy this episode, please feel free to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening from. It really helps. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next week with another fantastic episode.